Hey everybody, what's going on? Rob and Akiva getting you ready for the recording of the highly anticipated live podcast of the Seinfeld Poster Recap of the Frogger, Akiva. Yeah, should we pretend that we haven't done it yet and sort of make predictions for what's going to happen? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I bet Chester really bombs his question. Well, that you don't need, you know, the uh, the hindsight of, uh, you know, having seen it. Um, I guess my other predictions are like so many people come that we actually have to turn people away at the door. Yeah. OK, we'll make that prediction also. <laughs> yeah, that's that. Um, the venue was uh, much, you know, uh, much more professional. than I thought like uh, the lights definitely did not go out 30 seconds before the show mm -hmm. and never come back on. Right. Where right. we could barely see people in the audience when we were standing on stage. <laughs> it wasn't that dark. It wasn't that dark. All right. It was so, probably like two thirds of the lights literally went out right before we started. It was mood lighting. It really uh, set the. I think stage. it ended up looking better. Yeah. But it was it was it was disconcerting because like had that been the outlets where the uh, our like equipment, the holes were supposed to be, we would have been out of luck because nobody. What happened was the lady who was running the uh, event from there, from the like from the room side, like after it blew, she's like, yeah, I, I know where like the the switches are, but I don't know how to do them. So like, could anybody uh, does anybody know like anything about fixing, you know, uh, the outlet or whatever? OK. And I looked around the room and it was like 11 other me's, like 12 hapless dudes just standing around. Uh, soaking wet from the rain like uh there wasn't a lot of uh like macgyvers in the room you were you were out at that point i feel like you would have been or angie cons would have been like uh at least you would have had a, a fighting chance at fixing the lights but uh the, our group i think we settled on zach brooks who maybe not maybe not like uh you know a, a professional electrician all right. Well, none of that matters to you, fine people who are about to listen to the audio edition of the live taping of our Frogger podcast. Then we'll come back here to wrap it all up at the end of the live show. So enjoy. Seinfeld, the Frogger is over and has been for quite some time, but we're just getting started here on Seinfeld, the post-show recap of podcasts about nothing, and now here are the two guys who are about to dig into a happy end of your podcast cake. I'm Rob Cicerino here with Dr. Whitaker. <laughs> I, don't, yeah, I, I, I didn't think that's what you were going to say. If you had told me when we started this in June 2014 that we'd end this like in the random second floor of like a 29th Warehouse. Street Manhattan, yeah. like it's sort of like a church that ran out of money, <laughs> I would have totally believed it. <laughs> Very exciting. Uh, really, we have been away from this podcast for about a month or so. The world has changed, Keith, that we had a star-studded panel planned uh, to be with us here tonight. Harvey Weinstein was scheduled to join us. Uh, Kevin Spacey, Paul Manafort. The, I, I do think that... Uh, well, Harvey Weinstein... I think it would have been, like, too perfect and off-brand for us to have actually gotten Tom's Restaurant and, like, done the podcast there, which would have made sense, like, at the actual Seinfeld restaurant. 
Yeah. So it's like it's better that we're here on the second. Look, floor I mean, this is not. Uh, we're we're in a quiet room. Sure. It's not like people aren't like. Uh, like no, it's not raining on us yet or anything. Or anything. Like we're that. good. Okay, so very excited. Thanks. First off, thanks so much to you guys uh, who are here in person to join us. Really great, uh, really great crowd. Uh, even women are here. Uh, some amazing, amazing. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're so excited about uh, the people that are here tonight. Keith. Yes. No. Thank to everyone. You know, I'm sure the people who came, they're already regretting it, but they're stuck at this point. I, I, I you know, I think like because we have some real luminaries here. Do you see anybody like notable? We have uh, we have Alex Chester in the house. Yeah. Where are you, Chester. He's not here. <laughs> He just left. We got Mike Bloom sitting in the first row. That's not bad. We got my, my friend Andrew. I went to elementary school, high school, and college with him. and he's Wow. But I think more importantly, we should focus on who's not here. Why? Who's not here? I mean, I mean like, literally I mean, most of the world is not here. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, I mean, we put out a page on Facebook, and we asked people to let us know if they're coming so we could get a solid head count for mm-hmm. this. Yeah. And then, ultimately, we, uh, they're all here. No, I think a lot of people are not here. <laughs> are you sure? Well, let's start with Facebook. So they, on Facebook, they have going and interested. And going means, like, I might come. And if you write interested, it means, like, I would rather die than come. <laughs> but I, I want to be, like, polite and say that, that um, you know, that I might show up. So no, I think there was probably, like, 30 people who said interested, and we're probably over 30. But, oh, yeah. Well, one person said they were interested and came. Why didn't you switch to going once you realized you were on the way? I'm like, what are you... You ruined my whole bit. And then... And... and and right, and of the of the going, some of them are not here. So I have a plan. Yes, we're gonna. The people who said they were gonna come, either like six months ago, said, "I'm gonna come. Why don't you do the show?" Like you know, the night before Rob's, part, you know, big show, Tuesday, November seventh, or whatever. Other today show, is. your other show. Yeah, more people, but less important. I agree. Yes. The, um, you know, so from those people, I'd say. Though you know, some of them said they'd come, and they and now they're not here. And I want to call some of them, okay? And maybe yell at them. All but right, we'll see if we can get some of them here. So if this is going to work, this is relying on some technology here. We're going to need you, the absolute quiet from the studio audience, also, if it works. Oh, it's not going to work. It probably won't the, work. Most of the lights have blown since we got here two hours ago. <laughs> if you look up, it, it was literally these were all working when we got here. Okay. So who do you want to call first? All right. Uh, you, t- you tell me. This is... Uh, I got one number that's already saved right, on the computer. Call that number. Call okay. that number. All right. Let's do you want to say this who this is? No. I don't okay. know. Who I'm going to bring the laptop down on the ground to get it closer okay. to where there's a microphone. I'd, I'd say 11 to 1 this works. 11 9%, to 1. 9% okay. chance. All right. So let's give this a shot. Okay. We're calling somebody who said they were coming, but then it is not here. <laughs> Seeing if this works. For the people listening to the podcast, I am literally holding a microphone up to a laptop. We may not even release this as a podcast. Yeah. Who, who is this? It's Louise from Melbourne. Who's calling? <laughs> Louise, this is Rob Sesternino and Akiva Winokur, and we're at a podcast with a bunch of people. Oh, my God, you guys. I'm so glad you called. I'm here at George's Bar in Melbourne wondering if everyone's getting here. 
Oh, well, you missed a hell of a day, Louise. Uh, we went on the Kenny Kramer tour. We just got back from the dog pound. We adopted uh, pets. Uh, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Did you do the dog draft? <laughs> yeah, the mail, it's your pick, Louise. <laughs> We're sending you a Cocker Spaniel to Melbourne. Bummed I missed it, but like miscommunication, I'm set here with the original plan at George's Bar in Melbourne, waiting for you guys to show up. Why didn't you come though? <laughs> uh, uh, Realistically, how much would it have cost for you to fly here for one night from Australia? Give me like a price range. Uh, what is it? Like, I think when I came to New York for a week, it was three and a half thousand dollars. Okay, so you're saying you like $3,500 more than us. The price range you're putting on us is like in the two grand range. Did Louise say she was coming? Yeah, we did the whole thing for Louise. Okay. All right, Louise, apologize to your kid that we made fun of redheads. I know you don't mean it. We don't mean it, all right. All right, Louise, thanks so much. Okay, bye, Louise. Louise from Melbourne. Okay. One more? Uh, Why don't we get into the the Seinfeld? I feel like that the audience. I guess that worked uh, well. Yeah, it was. I think it worked. It worked well. I think that maybe uh, pushing our luck a second time. We've been pushing our luck. Okay. Okay. So we're going to talk about the episode Seinfeld, the Frogger, the one episode that we did not get to talk about from the series. Why the Frogger? Why was that the one that you wanted to do for the live audience? I think so. The Frogger is the fourth to last episode, excluding the um, the uh, the highlight clip shows. So the last episode I thought was just too rich and too much going on. It would be, like, too disrespectful to, you know, be in this church room and, and just talk about... <laughs> you know, it's, it's, there's, like, 60 scenes in the finale. We would have been here all night. Everyone would have been leaving even earlier than they're going to leave soon. And it, it, like, it wouldn't have worked. The second to last episode is the Puerto Rican Day slash parade. Puerto, <laughs> Puerto Rican Day. We were supposed to do this on 110th Street. I felt like it would have been very inappropriate. Too close. And, and then the, and, and the third last episode is The Maid, which is just too forgettable and, and kind of lame. Okay. So the fourth last episode is pretty good. It's a, like, it's a classic. It's right there. Now, were you a big Frogger guy? Did you play that game a lot? No. You know I wasn't a Frogger guy. Yeah. Okay. I thought that maybe... I know you hate video games now. You won't watch people play video games, but I thought that maybe growing up that that was... Uh, it wasn't so big. Like it wasn't like you go to the arcade and there's like there was a lot of Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter, NBA Jam, NFL Blitz. I never saw Frogger growing up. Now, is the idea of a high score in Frogger that George says it's uh, ten years he's had this high score GLC? Is that at all plausible? Does anybody know how this, how this works, Chester? Anybody? I mean, there was not one blackout in the city in 10 years. Right. That's a question that people ask. But I I guess, like, they had, you know, Mario's Pizza had, like, a generator that would go back (laughs) up if it went back. Yeah. Chester. Generators at Mara's Pizza. Okay. Because I felt like that a big part of the plan that was never talked through is how did they get it unplugged from the wall and onto the battery without it turning off? I'm not sure. They don't show you that. We, sort of we have an electrician here. No, we don't. Because no. yeah, the, the lights, lights would work. She, the lights would work. She came out. It was very apropos. The lights flew <laughs> when you left. Yeah. And she's like, does anybody know how to, like, fix the holes? Yeah, the holes. The holes. How many of you guys watched the episode before you came tonight? Uh, this is about yeah. everybody. Raise your hand is great for a podcast, guys. Thank you. Uh, Everyone raised. But it's not for the audience. It's for us to know. 
I, okay, but there's people listening at home also. Okay. How, how many people did not watch the episode Make Noise? Okay. <laughs> Is that better? I, okay, that's better. Okay. All right. So we'll do a little bit of a quicker talk through, and then, and then I think we want to get to a lot of questions and sure. hear from a lot of you guys who have been writing into the podcast, uh, you know, and, and, and that we're all together here in one room. It, this is weird having the people that, like, you guys would listen to this normally, but you're here right now. Yeah, that's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> what, were you, what were you expecting? It's weird. I mean, I'm usually just by myself in a room in my right, pajamas. Right, but you've done live shows before. It's not like your first, the first time you're doing it. This is it. much more intimate, though. It is. I feel like I know, like, we know most of the people here. Yeah. It's like a family that's only getting together once ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the way all families should get together. <laughs> all right. So this episode kicks off with Elaine in her office, and suddenly they have a cake every five seconds at Peterman. Certainly a relatable situation, but we've never seen them have a cake before ever at Peterman. Right. And there's two Walters. It's Walter's <laughs> birthday, and it's other Walter's last day. Um, yeah, I mean, like, you haven't really done a lot of office, like, workplace work. I used to work in an office. Yeah, were there a lot of birthday cakes? I mean, I worked in, like, a semi-small office, so it was, like, uh, like about 15 to 20 people, but, yeah, we mm. had to have a birthday well, cake. That's not a lot of birthdays, Worse that's, like, one to two a month. Cake. Yeah, it would be, well, it, it, they came up. The, the, prob- the problem is, like, if, you ha- if you're in an office with, like, 100 plus... Right. And every day is somebody's birthday. Especially you cut out the weekends, like you're practically at right. constant birthday parties. Does that get to be a drag where there's a cake, a, a cake like a every day? Before. I don't know. Yes. People are anti people are anti the cake, but nobody wants to be the person to step up and say well, no. Maybe more cake. like interdepartmental, like just like accounting gets the cake or like just sales. Yeah. I don't know. Because it seems like a good thing on paper, all that cake, but I guess, you know, Elaine uh, she puts her foot down. Uh, yeah, I, I, like, I don't know why she's against the cake, because we also learned she's, like, very into, like, this four o'clock sugar high. Mm-hmm. I, get, I think it's just, like, too much parading around. I do think that it is an ongoing theme uh, between uh, Curb and Seinfeld of, like, the forced ritual of, okay, oh, you have to do this now because right. of this. That, that all the characters between the two shows very much against the idea of, oh, I have to do this? Well, now I don't want to. Right. It's, a, it's very much an LD thing. It's, like, something, you know, Larry, who's not around it for you know this episode, but it is something you know more Larry would do. Okay, Jerry, we find out in this episode he is going to be going on a date with one of Elaine's friends. What is the name of the woman that Jerry is dating in this episode? I think she's all. Is she's, it Lisi? Yeah, she's credited as Lisi. <laughs> she's credited as Lisi, but it's pronounced in the episode as Lisi with his Lisi. Yeah, is that a name? Yeah, it's like Lisi. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. But, but um, also, one out of every, like, seven of Jerry's girlfriends, they say, oh, this one has to be Elaine's friend. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no reason for it to be Elaine's friend. It's just, like, to sort of shoehorn in that Jerry and Elaine are going to talk about this girlfriend at some point. Yeah. But, like, there's no real connection to Elaine there. Also, we find out that Mario's Pizza Place is closing. Uh, they are going out of business. And so uh, George and Jerry are going to go down there for one last slice. And uh, very appropriate here as I had some uh, delicious New York pizza for dinner. Mm-hmm. They How did not it? have a Frogger machine, <laughs> sadly. Uh, yeah, we had some uh, kosher pizza for dinner also. Did they have a Frogger machine? No. A kosher Frogger not, machine? That's... <laughs> That's not a. Uh, you know, there aren't a lot of like kosher pizza stores with arcades in them. <laughs> so uh, Kramer comes in. Kramer, this is a light Kramer episode. Yeah, he, he, 
You know, because in the deleted scenes, he has a whole other subplot yeah. that gets cut out. That's setting up that he is going to be on the long-distance relationship with the woman in the next episode. Yes, but... Um, he like it also explains because in one of there's four deleted scenes that are like on the DVD and one of them he keeps um, like using the caution tape so when he runs out in that last scene spoiler like he there's a reason he ran out but we don't see it like yeah. he's been using it the whole episode that I did not get to see the deleted scenes what uh-huh. did he use all the tape on oh, he there's just a it? banana scene in, in the deleted scenes <laughs> it's crazy where he boxes the this woman. Who he's trying to get... When you it, say he boxes... Listen, I'm going to explain. <laughs> I'm going to explain. The, her apartment goes out into the street. He puts yellow caution tape around it on all sides, and it goes all the way, leads to another block into a restaurant where she's forced to go into, because she can't go under the tape, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's insane. And, and it's the craziest scene in the history of the show if they air it. Like, it's, she goes into, into, the, into the restaurant, but now that like, there's only one way to get out of that building, within like a minute, there's 30 more people just filing into the restaurant. But okay. she sits down, doesn't say like, hey, you're the guy who was spying on me in the bathroom, which is a previous deleted scene, and like should be creeped out by him. Just like sits down and starts drinking wine with him. Because we never see that woman in a long-distance relationship, no, it's right? Like but an we see her here? Woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll have to go back and take it's a look crazy. at that. It's like the strangest scene in the whole series, if they hear it. So Kramer, he has the police tape, and he's very excited about that. He mentions that there is a serial killer on the loose. His name is, they're calling him The Lopper. Yeah, it is a great name for a serial killer. Yeah. It's not so scary, though. Like, I would go out at night if The Lopper was running around. That's much, <laughs> it's like, like the son of Sam or something as much. What would be the scariest serial killer for you? <laughs> That's a good one. Um, I, I, I like if Aaron Judge was a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Uh, that there's some other rejected names for the Lopper. Uh, Hedzo. Yeah, I like Hedzo. <laughs> uh, the Denogonizer. Yeah, that's good. The Denogonizer. And then I don't really understand the last one. What does he say? Uh, that Kramer wants to call him son of dad. It's kind of a catch-all. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not buying that one. I do like the denogonizer, but it's too unserious. But what's really crazy about the scene also is they, Elaine and Jerry say, how come we haven't heard about this serial killer? And Kramer says, oh, because the police department hasn't picked a name out for him yet. What does that even mean? Like, the, the, like, the papers can't report it because he doesn't have a nickname yet? Like, that, they took that at face value and, like, nobody says anything about it. It doesn't right. really make any sense. Right, uh, that... You know, it's almost like uh, I thought that they were going to go along the lines of, like, Kramer's conspiracy theory of, like, oh, the government doesn't want you to know yeah. about this yeah. that type of thing. But, yeah, it's that, that the media hasn't, you know, the name hasn't caught on yet. And right. That's they really, need to pick a name and like, then they'll, like, the tabloids will run with it. On, like, the 30, you know, like, headless murders that have happened in yeah. New York City. Uh, we never get an answer on the, who the, the lopper. Was. We know who it is, and it's probably not, uh, yeah, you know, Slippery, Slippery Pete, Pete or Shlomo. But <laughs> or Shlomo. <laughs> Might be. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> Those guys, like, they did want to start, like, a criminal enterprise. Right. They are very into, like, he, yeah, he, he was almost, like, against not stealing. So it's possible it was him. <laughs> okay. Uh, so at Mario's Pizza, that j- they do not remember George and Kramer. Mario does not. And they are on their way out of business. Yeah. It, it, I, I went, I, like, I've been back by my parents this week, and I went to, like, my old, like, high school Chinese restaurant. And it was, like, equally depressing as Mario's Pizza. Did like, they remember you? No, the food was inedible. And now my like, and I wonder like, was it inedible back then? And we were just like, it was like five dollars for like General Chow, and we were so excited, mm-hmm. you know, because we we're like ninth graders didn't have money. Or 
like, you know, has it slipped over time or was it always abominable and, like, we just didn't realize because we were stupid? Did you like Mario? Like, the actor? Yeah, the Yeah, guy. I think he's good. I think he's, like, you know, a solid, like, curmudgeonly guy. I think every restaurant needs, like, a mean person at the helm. I liked when they ordered the pizza and then he's like, oh, that'll save us. That was a good line. <laughs> that was a funny line. Yeah. And then when he serves them, it's like, here you go, you pea brains. <laughs> All right, so we see Frogger, GLC. George is the champion of Frogger. He had that one special day, the right amount of grease on the controller. Perfect amount of Mountain Dew and mozzarella. Yes. So does this seem out of character for you that George Costanza was the champion of Frogger? No, I think it's very in character. I think he's good at almost nothing, but it's not so crazy that he would just have one random skill that he'd be good at. Because he never talked about this accomplishment Well, he before. also forgot about it. That's kind of crazy yeah. also. Like, that's oh, the only thing I would think about today if I had it. Like, he literally has spent... First of all, 10 years ago, they weren't in high school. This is our high school haunt. Like, yeah. They, do they always make these, like, you know, pilgrimage, like, trips back to Mario's Pizza? Because 10 years ago, they were, like, 28. Maybe they had, like, their 10-year reunion. They went it to... Mario's Pizza? Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. Mario's Pizza was a little bit... It reminds me a little bit of the Max. Yeah. <laughs> It's like a dirtier the max. <laughs> and Dustin Diamond went there, so it's pretty dirty. Yeah. Too soon. Too, too soon. <laughs> but uh, they, George, yeah, George is so uh, enamored by the score. I mean, he'll, later on in the episode, he'll say that, look, I, I'm not going to have a child. Yeah, this is my line. child, the high score in Frogger. We do see, because we're doing this out of order, but this is the fourth to last episode of the series. And there are, we're not like tying up loose ends yet in Seinfeld, but there is like this feeling of like we're almost done. George talking about not having a kid, Elaine talking about going back to law school. Like there is a little bit of finality to it, even though there's sort of no through line between any of these episodes where it's like, okay, we're sort of wrapping up everyone's story. Should the last episode have been George going to an arcade and getting the high score in Frogger again? I don't think so. I think they went. (laughs) Yeah. You know, could have been something. I mean, I could have been something there. Elaine goes to law school and and that's just it. (laughs) Yeah. All right, so Elaine is back in her office, and that there is uh, a they're bringing in a uh, a cake for Elaine because she wasn't feeling well. Yeah, the one day I don't know in my kid's school, I think they have a rule. It's like if a kid's out for three days, then like there's a kid whose job it is to call, or maybe two days a kid's job it is to call. And then like the third day, the teacher calls. I feel like the one day out from work sick, it's a little it's a little excessive to have a cake. Yeah, the get well cake. Can you sing the get well soon song? Get well, get well soon. We hope you do get well, or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, <laughs> it is catchy. So. Elaine tries to say that uh, she's yelling at, her, at the people that bring in the cake that they are, they are sad people, they are empty people, mm-hmm. and they're trying to replace that emptiness with cake. flour and sugar yeah. and eggs and vanilla. Do you buy that? I, I mean, I, she's just being a hate. I feel like you get bored at work, you've done the same thing for like a couple of years, so you just start like, all right, we're going to be in cake mode now for the next six months. Did you notice that Elaine... And there's no sort of like it doesn't. It's not done in threes like a lot of Seinfeld things. There's no, uh, so it's not summed up at the end. But she just like every time she's on the phone or something's happening, she's like smelling her office appliances. Mm-hmm. Like she smells the tape here. She smells she's smelling the pen. The pen pen and, like, smells to, bad. And to no like effect or laugh. It was just weird. <laughs> just every time like we see Elaine, she's smelling something on her desk. Yeah, she's that bored. At Maybe work. there's like another deleted scene that like deals with why she's smelling everything. Yeah. So Elaine blows up at everybody and says, I'm done with the cakes. I'm out. Did, did it bother you that they take a shot at Becky with the slow metabolism? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was, I, mean, I felt I, bad for Becky. That's like always one of the things that we think about. Like, what was the casting call for yeah, that? Like, yeah. for Becky. 
because <laughs> not like, like yeah. heavy but not fat, like yeah. frumpy. And then they made Becky say, "Hey, yeah. can I? Can I? Can we still eat that it? cake?" I felt yeah. bad for Becky. <laughs> not oh, nice. Man. Okay, so we see Jerry out on a date with Lizzie. Yeah, Lizzie. <laughs> Lizzie. That's what we're going with. And she's a sentence finisher. She is a sentence finisher. Did you ever watch Conan O'Brien's The Interrupter? Uh, it's me, The Interrupter. Yeah. And then Conan would start saying something, and The Interrupter would say something like really offensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this, the tone of this, and I guess this, I don't like. They're probably around the same time period when they started, but it, the tone of this is exactly the same. Yeah, and. You know, it's interesting because that they don't really ever seem to hit it off. Like their fight later on in the episode is like yeah. longer than like yeah, their relationship. The, like that's what they said when she's like, "You don't like kissing me in public," and he's like, "We've never even been in public. What are you yeah. talking about?" What are, they were in monks, <laughs> right? They were in monks, but that's not really public. That's not public. No, that's like for Jerry, that's his home. But yeah, I, right. There's there's no real relationship unless there's like six more dates that we didn't see that happened off screen. Mm-hmm. We already know. I don't think there were. No, I don't, I don't think so. there were. And so she ends up uh, assuming that Jerry is going to say, let's do this again tomorrow. So they go right into another date. I like that George comes in and sort of like tags in on the monk's uh, lunch or dinner. Right. Yeah. Basically, it's just easier for them to like not go to another scene. Right. And Jerry says, let's sit at a different booth. Let's (laughs) try this one. Like That was an unlucky booth. Yeah. So let's try this one. And so George uh, gives Jerry the plan about uh, that he's buying the Frogger machine. How much do you think George paid for the Frogger machine? That's a good question. Let's do like, like, uh, you know. How much does a Frogger machine go for? $2,500. No, I'll tell you why. This is a a a closing restaurant. Where's Johnny DeSilvera? It's a a closing restaurant. So he's just, it's a fire sale and everything. Fire sale. I'm going to say $800. Bucks. $800. Yeah, I think that's says. what it is. $800. Yeah, that's my guess. $800 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It can't right. be too much because then George would keep talking about how much money it was. <laughs> right. All right. So this, the question that Jerry asks is, okay, so what are you going to do? Because once you unplug the machine, then all the scores are going to be erased. Now, do we know, is that actually how this works? Like there's no like memory chip to it? You're asking the wrong guy. I'm like the guy who every week, you have to like, all right. Okay. Yes. Chester. He's $995? Yeah, but that's in 2017 dollars. Yeah. Anybody? Take give or take. Or maybe a depreciated that's older. So are you telling me that Mario keeps the Frogger machine running all night long every night? Well, I mean, I don't think that it really should. If you unplug it once, the scores necessarily go out. I'm not sure how this works. Then what's the problem here? I don't know. <laughs> because the premise of the episode is once yeah. you unplug it, once. All right, I go back to the other side. All of the, like, again. I, Why is it, how much money do you think it costs to, like, run? The, I mean, there are arcades. The arcades shut all of their machines every night, and they have, like, hundreds of arcades. Yeah, I don't know how, I don't know how it works. Yeah, like, so I'm going to say yes. Is, it, is, is there, it so unbelievable that Mario just doesn't shut one game every is night? Is it like your coffee maker where it's like my coffee maker is off, but it's plugged in and the clock still works? Okay, I'm going to say yes because okay. I have nothing else here. Maybe. Maybe it could be like that. Okay. Um, George is frustrated. He's, he, this is like almost like he's like, uh, why does there always have to be a thing? Right. Why, why can't life be easy for me? Like, I have literally nothing except, this fro- except the Frogger thing I forgot about until 10 minutes ago. <laughs> right. Okay. So Kramer is talking to Jerry. He says that the Lopper's latest victim looked like Jerry. Now, is the Lopper profiling Jerry Seinfeld-looking people? Yeah, it's, That's it, a weird type. It's a weird comment. 
Also, like, Kramer seems very in with the NYPD right now. Like, no one knows about the serial killers. Is Kramer the, whole the department. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. I don't know, because we, we know what he, his victims look like, but we don't have, like, a sketch of him, right? Mm-hmm. That would be wild. That's, like, a next-level thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. Okay. And so... Uh, if we ever get Michael Richards on the podcast, which is over in, like, 40 minutes forever... <laughs> yeah. Hey, he could come right through that door. Yeah. Make a real entrance. No, he heard about your Harvey Weinstein joke. He's not no. having any part no. of this. <laughs> All right. So when <laughs> George is on the, on the yellow pages looking for an electrician to come in... And uh, do the Frogger bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kramer says, no, you're not, that's not going to work. You're not going to find a guy who's going to be able to do that in the Yellow Pages. You need... By the way, this is not illegal. Like, you for sure could find someone <laughs> in the Yellow Pages. Like George keeps saying. I thought they are stealing it. No, they're not stealing He's buying it. <laughs> you're joking. Yeah. So, th- with the Yellow Pages, then uh, Kramer says, no, you need a, a guy. And, and it's a guy that Kramer has a bad history with. He goes by the name of Slippery Pete. Yeah, it's a great name. It's a great name. Yeah. It sounds like somebody would be in Toy Story, like a Toy Story character. Yeah. Well, He's the, the best the and the worst. Pete. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Stinky Pete. That's right. Yeah, so this is Slippery Pete. So we don't know why, exactly why Pete is so slippery. Right. And we know why, why Kramer doesn't like him. We find out that they had an argument over a mail-order bride. Right. That, Cra- that Kramer signed for Slippery Pete's mail-order bride. I think that was like a nine, like. If you know, don't tell anybody. <laughs> do they still have mail order brides? Yes. They do. I don't think they come in the mail though. Yeah, I don't think they're. I don't think. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. So, I, I think that's like a dark net thing. I oh, think, it's a dark, dark. Yeah, I think thing. they call that human trafficking. Right, now. right. <laughs> yeah, they have. By the way, uh, mail order brides had a much better publicist in the nineties. <laughs> like that just sounds like all right. I want some extra cash. I'm going to leave like the Ukraine and come here. Now, forget about it. Yep. <laughs> human trafficking sounds like not fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing fun about it, actually. So that, uh, but it sounded like when they had that argument later on in the episode that Kramer not only signed for the mail order yeah. bride, but then did he sleep with the mail or order bride? Or made out with her? At made least. out with the yeah, mail yeah, order yeah. bride and yeah. slippery. But they, they weren't married yet. Right, right. <laughs> Although, no. if, what was he signing for then if they weren't married? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But uh, slippery. What is that like? It's literally mail. Like Newman delivers the bride to your house. <laughs> I, honestly, I, I don't know. I don't. I, don't, I, I really don't know how yeah. this worked. No, I think it was like in like a, the back of like a catalog. Yeah. I, I should have like Googled. You know, done a lot more mail order bride research before yeah. we got here. I'm always like, what's Rob going to ask me? But I didn't think it was going to be a lot of mail order. Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, Chester's on his computer. Maybe we'll yeah. see if he can find. He's the... going to go home tonight. Doctor Jen's going to see that he was searching <laughs> mail order brides. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, we see Elaine calls up, and yep. uh, she is talking about the date. With the sentence finisher, she has a four o'clock munchies uh, that she is hungry, that she's uh, got addicted to the cake. So she's going to go to Peterman's office. Sometimes he has a truffle in there. Mm-hmm. And so that she, uh, we'll, we'll see how that turns out. There's also a crime scene where Kramer dropped an egg on the yeah, floor. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> like the tiniest crime scene. She's also smelling her stapler while she's on the phone here. Yeah. Uh, coincidentally, uh, my wife dropped an egg on the floor, and it was a lot less funny today. Really? Yeah, maybe I should have put crime scene tape around it. Maybe that would have helped lighten the Did mood. Did you clean it up, though? No. Well, it's not your house, right? It's not my house. It was the in-laws. Her, it was not her. just she did it. It was her parents' house. Oh, I so feel like that that's that her. is. Yeah, yeah, I don't do know you, where the paper towels did she, are. Did she clean it or did her mom she have did. to clean no, it? She did. No, okay. no. I, I, that, is that how it works? If you're at your in-laws' house, then you make a mess like that you're the, the person whose house it is has to clean it. 
That's how it should be. Okay. Yeah, that's how it, it should be. All right. Um, so Elaine goes to Peterman's fridge. Uh, now, did Peterman always have this mini fridge? I don't know. It, uh, the office looks a little different this time. I'm not sure. Okay. So inside this mini fridge, she finds a piece of cake. Now, is this even a thing, antique cake? I think it's a thing. You think it's a thing? I don't think there's an antique cake appraiser, but I feel like <laughs> I don't think that's a real job. I, I, I no. do think... It will, the cake what would, it would it melt? Like, what would happen to it? It wouldn't be edible, but... Yeah? The cake would get moldy. If we were really, like, playing the long game, we would have put a piece of but, cake in the but, freezer but, but, during you know our what? first episode. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But, but people, like, freeze their wedding cake and then, and then eat it. So you could freeze it. I don't think you could keep it refrigerated for 70 years. <laughs> I th- well, My I th- wife is into freezing everything. Like she'll like we get bread, she won't even like serve it fresh. It goes in the freezer. She would freeze a cake for seven years, and I didn't realize. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Peterman comes in, and I like that he says to Elaine, uh, "Elaine, can you keep a secret?" And she's like, "No, no, I can't." And he tells her anyway that he just got this cake, twenty nine thousand dollar piece of cake. Well, that by the way, Sotheby's is making good bank there. Like, there must be eight pieces of cake, and they're selling each one separately. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad deal. Smart. Okay, so Jerry is on a date with Lizzie, and uh, he finds out that she lives near Riverside Park. Where is that? Oh, West Side. West Side, okay. Yeah. And so Jerry's like, oh, no, we can't go there. Let's go back to my place. Yeah, it's one of those sitcom things where, like, they're going one way, and then they go the other way, and she has no comment on it. Like, he doesn't ex- mm-hmm. really explain it. Yeah. It's just like, all right. So we see, find out the next day, Jerry tells George that uh, he had to bring her back because that she lived too close to Riverside Park where the lopper was working. Could Lizzie be the lopper? Well, Lizzie could be the lopper. Yeah. Okay. I don't think Lizzie the lopper. I mean, I think if we have our suspects, I think Kramer's more likely to be the lopper because he's just got so much inside info from the NYPD. Mm-hmm. I think Slippery Pete and Shlomo are probably more likely to be the lopper. What about one of the Walters? <sighs> I don't think so. One's out of work. One, yeah, one's leaving work. That's true. One is getting fired. That's true. Okay. So we find out that Jerry then slept with Lizzie. Yeah. Yeah, he just wanted a kiss, but uh, she finished she, the She sentence. finished the thought. Yeah. <laughs> so Elaine comes in. Guess what I ate today? George says, ostrich burger. <laughs> now, if you remember... Not kosher. Not kosher, right? If you remember, the, in the next episode, or for us, the pre, like three episodes ago, in The Maid, he, he starts talking about ostrich burgers. So I don't know like, why they randomly have a two-episode bit about ostrich burgers. Yeah. But if you remember, George was talking about ostrich bits, burgers again in the next episode. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing about the ostrich burger is that they say it has less fat, but you eat more of it. You eat more of it. Yeah. So... <laughs> It's like George is the guy who finds out like one fun fact and then that like yeah. that's his line. Forever. Has anybody here ever eaten the ostrich burger? Okay, wow, wow, Kalish and Brooks in the front row. Did you guys did you guys go there tonight to eat an ostrich burger? Yeah, did you really? No. Oh. A, a, a what burger? Venison. Venison burger. That's deer. Okay. I'm going to become a vegan if I hear Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, we uh, find out that. Uh, Elaine is always bragging about the cake. Yeah, the she most the romantic thing she ever has ever eaten. It's a weird thing because she says it's romantic. She said, I ate the $29,000 cake. And then George is like, are you sleeping with Peterman? <laughs> and he's like, I guess he saw the romantic, he heard the romantic part of it. And he's like, 
why else would he, he be allowed to eat her cake except if they were dating? Yeah, I mean, is that what he felt like? That it was like that was a way to get Elaine in bed was to give her yeah. this old piece of cake? That's, that's, the, that's the way to do it. The greatest aphrodisiac <laughs> is 70-year-old cake. Everyone knows that. Everybody knows that. Um, so we then find out that Lizzie is planning a weekend trip to Pennsylvania Dutch country. Yeah. That's the ultimate relationship date. Is yeah. that true? Is that true? Has anybody ever gone on I a date? Like, to I feel like I don't know if it Dutch still country? exists, but I feel like it's not like popular. I think the anymore. Amish exists. Uh, the Amish exists, but I don't know like people still go there. Like yeah. they go to the Amish, but did you ever go Dutch there? Could... Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. You know, you go to like the Hershey Park trip. You take the or like uh, I don't know one of those places. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a great vacation. I feel like it, it's time has passed. Yeah, I feel like that that's the closest we have to going to Westworld. <laughs> it's like it's like you go there and you're like among them. It's like wow, yeah. this is weird. Okay. And then you can leave. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a fun vacation. You want the also, white hat or the black hat? Like, I don't think they want to be, like, an attraction either. No. I'm not sure they want you there. I, they really, like, it's against their religion. They don't even want to be photographed. They don't want to be on TV. Uh, so it's some sort of, like, uh, Would they be on a podcast, karmic uh, irony that yeah. they're, they live in a tourist attraction. Yeah, that is weird. That, yeah. Do they, would they go on a podcast, the Amish, though? Like, is it no electricity or is it no video? Uh, I think it's no technology, but I okay. think you could probably trick them. We could trick them? In- <laughs> like, they okay. don't need to know that, like, they're being recorded. Like, right. if you just, like, uh, if you were, like, wearing a wire or something. Okay, we'll, we'll wear yeah. a wire. We'll- <laughs> yeah, or, like, and, like, hid the microphone in, the, like, the table. And All right, we'll try it once. Sit down and, like, oh, boy, we're, we're having a very in-depth conversation. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, Elaine ne- go- decides that she needs to uh, even out the cake. Even out the cake, um, but ultimately she is going to uh, just keep going. I mean, we're, are we led to believe that this cake like actually is really good? Like she's like taking more than she needed to. It's kind of crazy. Yet the timeline of this episode is a little weird, it's, right? Because Peterman, like, I think you're going in the same place as I am. Like Peterman says in the last scene of the episode. The punishment that the, the cake is going to give your body is more than I can give you. But this is like three days ago. Like, she should be, like, dead within the hour. Like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, what, if it was so bad, it was, something would have happened. I'm no, like, you know, doctor, but I feel like... I mean, it's at least two days. Yeah, at least. Because she went home. She's, like, taking these days off in the middle. She went home, talked about eating the cake, and now... I don't know. It, it doesn't make any sense. It's at least 48 hours. Is that what showing... old cake does, maybe? Like, it stays in your system for a week before it, like, wrecks ha- havoc? The silent killer. Yeah. Old yeah. cake. <laughs> it comes back a couple days later. But, but Elaine is not experiencing any ill effects. No, no, no. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And she says it's a little stale, but she keeps going back to it. I think it's just the, the nostalgia. Like, the, uh, yeah. like, she is feeling like she's, like, special eating this old cake. Yeah. And, I mean, clearly it's not that bad. Yeah. Okay. So... We see the, the. I like this scene. This is like very like a team in terms of like it's like a Ocean's Eleven type mm-hmm. setup to the caper. Yes. Uh, we got the best of the best. We got the here. best of the best. Slippery Pete, you're the best electrician. Shlomo, you're the best truck driver. He's like, well, I'm good. The best. Yeah. Can I? T- so I had a kid. Um, Congratulations. Uh, like nine months ago. And he was a boy, and we were going to... My wife doesn't listen to this, I can say this. The, we were going to name him Shlomo, one of his, like his middle name, after her grandfather. But then uh, her other grandfather passed away like a week before the kid. And we're like, hey, this is more recent. We'll do that. But, so we were going to name the kid Shlomo, and she thinks it was going to be after her grandfather, but really it was going to be after, <laughs> after the truck driver. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's good. 
Poor, uh, poor Shlomo. That would have been like a real testament. Can you imagine him. that I would like tweeted him and be like, this actor. Do you, do you recognize um, Slippery Pete? What's he from? He's from Breaking Bad. He's from The Big Lebowski. He's, uh, he's Carl Hungus in The who, Big Lebowski. Who is he on Breaking Bad? Slippery Pete? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Peter Stormare is his name. Peter Stormare? Yeah, he's like pretty famous. Okay. He was in uh, American Gods. Okay, Let's do. Cool. All right. Is this IMD bags? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. So that we find out the backstory about Kramer signed for the mail order bride. That's the origin story of the Kramer and Slippery Pete fight. Uh, I like when uh, Shlomo asks, "What kind of jail time are we looking at if we get caught?" <laughs> I like. I, we don't know what George is paying them, but he's willing to go to the joint just for like this one job. Yeah. And the, so, the one thing they don't do, especially this is like the, la- the fourth last episode, they do say you're the best, but they don't do like this is the last job. Like he's coming out of retirement. Yeah. I want to see like Shlomo Slippery repeat. Like I was, you know, you had to pull me back in. I was retired and this is one last job. Maybe when they remake Seinfeld that they can really spend more time on this one. Well, I think Slippery repeat should be at least like a series, like regular guest star or something. You'd be good. And so that, that are we stealing this? No, no, we're not. We're not stealing it. They thought they were stealing it. Uh, Slippery Pete at least wants to steal the battery. Yeah, I do think Slippery Pete's line here, where he doesn't understand the the you know doesn't know the word outlet, and he's like, like uh, you know an unlicensed electrician, right? And George has to say holes. Yeah, to me that's really iconic. Like if this was like a fourth season episode. This would be, you know, like one of the five most famous like Seinfeld things. Ever. People would still call outlets today holes. I mean, I think they still do. I don't remember the name half the time. <laughs> so the, he can't explain it to them. They're like, "Wait, is that the bathroom? Is that this?" And then they just cut to they take. He has to take them to Mario's Pizza. Yeah, and they're and like in the same spot with like it. the same drinks in front of them. Yeah, I think they just like move their stuff from. Yeah, Mario's Pizza is probably in Queens because that's where Jerry and, and George like grew up, right? Right. So they just like brought their milk with them. Yeah, <laughs> they the took everything. It's not that complicated. All right, so Elaine is at Monk's. She's trying to find a piece of cake that looks like the piece of cake that she ate at Monk's. She wants to have some uh, old cake, anything pre-war. Yeah. Uh, what is she talking Like, this is such a weird sitcom-y thing also where it's like, what are you talking about, Elaine? <laughs> like, like, like yeah. the waitress, like, isn't even humoring her. It doesn't make any like, sense. Yeah, the waitress is like, Persian Gulf War? Yeah, what no, what are we know. talking about? Uh, and so uh, Kramer comes in and uh, I like, it's like very subtle that he looks at like the book for Sotheby's and he says, oh, they have good cake. Yeah. I think he calls it Sotheby's also. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we, we, this is where we get the idea of, no, I've seen a cake like this. It's an Entenmann's. Right. It looks exactly like Entenmann's. Kramer also, I guess, is like a cake appraiser. He knows off the top of his head what it looks like. Right. Any Entenmann's cake fans here? I feel like Entenmann's has really fallen off. I think they I had their like day. It, I think Strudel. I think Snapple and Entenmann's really like had their day in the nineties. Yeah, <laughs> Did, I feel like Entenmann's. I think that they probably already had their peak by the nineties. Really? The yeah. The truth is, the thing about Entenmann's, like it's still good. Like you could go into a supermarket tonight, and they're amazing. But I, I feel like as nutrition facts, like as we became like more health conscious, like every piece of that stuff, they have you know like the raspberry one with the swirl. Mm-hmm. That's like eight million grams of fat in like one bite. <laughs> yeah, what that like, nutrition facts murdered the Entenmann's company. Right, right. They need to like get the the nutritional information off the box yeah. lobby. You should be allowed to like pay more and not have a nutritional fact. <laughs> like you, you know what should be like a Nathan for you sketch like. Like, we pretend this isn't food, so now we don't have to show you the nutrition facts. Like, if you want to eat our raspberry, like, donut, you can, but this is actually, like, a flying saucer. What would the Entenmann's cookies be? 
What are you like? Uh, those but, co- the cookies are good. Like I frisbee. feel like that's they're like, like they're a, like a little mini frisbees. Like those Entenmann's like chocolate chip cookies. Like that would be like a big hit. Like somebody had a birthday in school. Yes. I mean, yes. school is the other place where you have all these. That's birthday good because then each kid gets one. Yeah. That plastic always rips like the little Entenmann's chocolate like plastic, and then you just go straight in. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like they would serve it often with juice. I feel like that it was a cookie and juice is not a good combination. I, when you're a kid, I think you get that. But yeah, everyone, yeah, and everyone gets one of those little Entenmann's cookies. You never get two. It's not really <laughs> worth it. They're really good though. Okay, so we see uh, Jerry with uh, Lizzie, and uh, this is ultimately where they're going to get into a argument. Uh, we see uh, Jerry brings a bat. Yeah, <laughs> but when he leaves, no bat. Even though he's facing the lopper, no bat. We don't know what happened to the bat. Yeah, but he comes with a bat during the day, but not at night. Does Jerry refer to Lizzie as honey here? I think at, it, was it a yeah. premature honey I that do led think to this fight? Premature honey, yes. Yeah, yeah. But what? That's next level stuff by uh, by Kurt. <laughs> yeah, they knew we were talking about this. They this knew week. he does premature. They honey knew. There. Could Jerry have avoided this fight if he would have gotten out the honey parade? I feel like she. Well, there's nobody else there. Was he gonna like call the roaches on her counter? The lopper. <laughs> Yell out to the street. Hey, come here, lopper. Honey. Make phone calls. That's not a bad idea. Okay. So, uh, but this big fight is crazy. Yeah, it's a long montage. It's funny. They're just trying to set up that like. Uh, you know, he's, he's there for 11 hours, so they don't do, like, the sitcom like, clock whirling <laughs> in the middle. So they just show, like, scenes from a divorce. It's like a Woody Allen movie. Right. Uh, so they end up at one point in the middle of the fight. They're eating uh, a plate of beans. Yeah. Took 20 minutes to Took make. Took 20 minutes to make. <laughs> okay. All right. So they end up, ultimately, she kicks Jerry out. Yeah. Sends him out on the street. He doesn't realize how late it got. Ten-hour breakup. Ten-hour breakup. Sounds like a nightmare. It does. <laughs> yeah, I would rather face the lopper. By yeah. 3 o'clock, I'd say, I'll take my chances. It's true. I'll take my chances with the lopper. At least that, that'll be quick and painless. So Jerry, uh, he's on the street, and uh, he ends up seeing the silhouette of what he believes to be the lopper. He's holding a head. Instead, no, it's Slippery Pete. It's Slippery Pete holding the stolen battery. Yeah. I, this episode is in the top five or ten in terms of tying everything together. There are very few loose ends. Like, even the stolen battery, like, yeah. you know, comes into play here. Yeah. I and mean, they just cut out everything with Kramer also. Right. I do think, but sometimes less is more. Like, it was a 20-minute episode and not like, a, not like a 24-minute episode. And I do think sometimes, you know, you, you, uh, you can hit a home run rather than, like, go too long. Mm-hmm. That's what Aaron Judge said when he was chasing you? <laughs> Great callback. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we'll see George and uh, Jerry on the street. Uh, they got everything set up for the Frogger move. Yeah. And, right. So Jerry says, I can't go because Lisi is taking me to Dutch Wonderland. Yeah. Now, my question is, when you go to see the Amish, you don't, like, dress up as the Amish. That's not a thing. They were just, they're just trying to show you that, like, Jerry's wearing the hat and she's wearing like the white thing. Like, yeah. You don't go there and dress up as them. You don't go to the zoo and right. like put on a penguin costume. I mean, <laughs> you go to Disneyland and you put the ears on, but yeah, yeah I don't think that necessarily, like, I don't know if they, the Pennsylvania Dutch appreciate No, that. I think that's offensive. I'm like deeply offended by it. Yeah, it's not, but they're just trying to show you that like she's in, and is that like the one store in Manhattan that happens to sell like. Actually, do we have street? anybody who's here tonight on Rumspringa? <laughs> Did anybody come out for that? I do no. like... Did I, it, did I say it right? Yeah, you got it. They, they, they was like a, I do love the idea of Rumspringa. 
I do, I do wish like Judaism had rum. I wouldn't have. I would just stayed home and watched a lot of TV. But it would have been fun if we had rum. You wouldn't know what was on. Oh, that's a good point. Well, everything would be new to me. Just that, that's really what you should do. If you're but you wouldn't know that TV right. was a thing. I mean, you could probably figure it out. I don't know. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> so, uh, okay, George is all set with everybody from uh, the Frogger move. Yeah, we, next thing we go to Peterman's office. Okay, so uh, back in Peterman's office, Elaine is so bold as to bring in the Entenmann's cake... Um, she is going to put it back into the cake box and then throw the Entenmann's box out in Peterman's office. Right. It's crazy that she's, like, wasting so much of this. What does she do? Like, she just throws the rest of the cake out? Shouldn't, in case she gets caught, shouldn't she, like, take the second half of the cake? Like, isn't it worth something? I, I mean, I don't know what she's thinking. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. And, and, and no she also doesn't get busted because of that. Yeah, no, it doesn't make sense. Anyway, so the cake appraiser comes in, and uh, that he comes in and looks at it, and he tells Peterman, it's, uh, "This is worth two nineteen. And Peterman is besides himself. He's made a profit of uh, about one hundred eighty k. When Peterman gets excited, he talks in like old English. So he's like, "You, you know, yeah. my f- mighty fine friend here, you have made me a profit of one hundred eighty thousand. You know, uh, yeah, he's this this guy. I do love the. You can't have an American cake appraiser. This no. pastry appraiser needs to be a Brit. They flew him in from could London. Could it be like Cake Boss? Like, could the Cake Boss be a cake appraiser yeah. too? Could he I think come in? I think it's a conflict of interest. Because like, what? How much are Cake Boss's cakes then? Like, I, I, you have to promise to never make a cake in order to be a cake appraiser. Cake appraiser. Yes. Because he's going to appraise his own cakes higher. Yeah, of course. It would be ridiculous. Like, oh, what are you talking about? This cake is 40K. <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> so 219, it turns out. 219. Yeah. $2.19, Peterman. This is an Entenmann's. Yeah. He looks sick. Yeah. And uh, that uh, Peterman, uh, he's fallen for apparently the Entenmann's shimsham. <laughs> shimsham. <laughs> Is that a real word? The or is oldest like a... trick in the book. Yeah, everyone knows that. The end of in Shim Shan. <laughs> All right. So Elaine is still not busted yet. No, she has not been caught. Okay. Uh, Slippery Pete is playing the frogger, and George is like, what are you doing um, that you're wasting all of yeah, the where battery? Where George? Like, why, why, why did he let them just play for hours on the street? Now, does playing the frogger use up any more electricity than the frogger just so. being on? Maybe it's like, I, no, it doesn't make any sense, right? Right. Maybe like a, like a tenth of a percent more, but not, not enough to drain the battery, unless he's been doing this since like nine in the morning. Right. And so the issue here is that we're on battery power for the Frogger, and we need to get it to an outlet. Slippery Pete does not understand. Holes. Holes. We need to get it to holes. Yeah. Kramer runs out of tape for the, the, the police caution tape. Yes, because of the deleted scene. <laughs> yes. And so George realizes this is the moment that he is going to push the Frogger machine across the street. Yeah. I, now, I do think this scene, we've, we've, you know, sometimes people say during the course of these 180 episodes, we've nitpicked and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think this is one of the best directed scenes in the series because they are really cars driving. Yeah. Right? They get, like, they explain in the inside, look, they have 30 cars that are, like, pretty similar in size, very bright colors. And he's and Jason Alexander is also like doing the stunt here, which yeah. is insane. Like it's really crazy. Yeah. Because when he gets to the end, like it, watching, go back and watch it now, knowing that it's Jason Alexander. Like he jumps onto the sidewalk, and like one, he only has five seconds, and two, if like he's not coordinated and he like doesn't go onto the sidewalk, 
the stunt driver has to uh, has to like stop or else he's going to get hit. Yeah, and who knows how many Frogger machines they had to blow up. Uh, that's what I was wondering too. Like, is this a was this a one take? Was this a one take shot? That's crazy, right? Uh, I don't know. Uh, but they also do a really good job with the sound effects here. Yes, of everything. So uh, very very funny. Holds up. Yeah, oh, no, definitely. It's great. It's, uh, it's definitely one of the best directed scenes of the whole series. Okay. And then the truck blows up the Frogger. Uh, game over. Game over. Yeah. Now, let me posit Ooh. Th- that this, <laughs> this should have been the last scene, I think. I think we find out, Elaine, because this is so iconic, the episode's called The Frogger. I think we find out in the last scene, he says, oh, you know, I, I bring out the videotape, Elaine, you got busted, eating the old cake. And then we end here, I think that's like an all-time classic. But that was a tag. I know it's a tag, but like, we're not stupid. We're watching through the tag. We yeah. We see what's on next. Be I think it's fine. I, okay. I mean, It's that... a nitpick, but I do think like, it's so great, you almost want to end there. Yeah. Unless you do like one of those things where you just like, have like the credits rolling over like a still of, yeah. right, you know, right. and they've done that. On I also think points. it's the shortest episode of like the whole series. It's like 20 minutes flat, basically. Yeah. Well, they cut out all the Kramer stuff. That's true. Yeah. Okay, so we see the tag, and this is where Peterman is getting... He gets to the bottom of what's going on. He has security camera footage of Elaine dancing with the cake, which was bizarre. Which is bizarre because she's a good dancer all of a sudden. When Did she take lessons? She can slow free? dance. She can slow dance. I know, but it's crazy. She's good. She's got some rhythm. She's got moves. It makes no sense. Yeah, and so she is uh, caught on video, and Peterman, then he passes down that actually the punishment that you are going to incur will be worse than anything I could give you. How great do you think it was for Peterman to, like, when he saw that, that footage? Like, how many times do you think he rewinded, rewound and watched Elaine dancing without anybody, like, you know, without knowing that she was watching? Yeah, I mean, I think that, that was probably a thrill. I just feel like that the loss of $30,000 Yeah, is, uh, probably mitigated it. That's yeah. true. Have I'm, you ever watched Security Tape? Uh, nothing like of note. Like I feel like that there's like things on YouTube and stuff like that. Uh, like at one time when I was abroad for the year, a kid had his passport stolen when he was about to fly out. So he like needed it within like the hour that like this taxi was coming, and the school asked me to go through the uh, the tape while everyone looked. Every, they, right. they went through like the dumpster. And, and, like, they went in all the rooms. They, they, they had assumed that, like, a new cleaning crew that wasn't a normal cleaning crew had taken the, the – it was a knapsack with a passport in it. So I started looking. I'm like, oh, this is going to be, like – because even if, if he misses a flight, like, I'm going to have to go through. And it's, like, eight hours on, like, four different cameras. Like, how did I get, like – I'm not getting paid for this. Like, how did I get – this was, like, some rabbi came in, like, asked me to, like, ch- check the security tape. Like, I was like, this is going to be, like, the most boring, like, 32 hours was of my life. Was it boring? So I start watching. Within five minutes, they found the passport in the garbage. Like, oh, wow. the, 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 and I never saw it. They, fa- they like, figured out where to find it after. But like, she, the, she went through, like, looked for the money, the, the, clean, the cleaning lady, and then like, taught, saw, I guess, that it was like, kind of too important to steal, and then just tossed the whole knapsack in, in the dumpster. Mm-hmm. So like, the guy – so then I'm watching on like, the cameras in the case. office – the like they're like dancing in the dumpster because they found the passport and he could get on the plane. They were all like celebrating in the dumpster like eight guys. It was really funny. <laughs> all right, so Akiva, yes. let's give letter grades out to all of the storylines in this episode. All right, let's do it. All right, Jerry and Lizzie and the Lopper. Yeah, I mean, if you're throwing in the Lopper, which they, I mean, if you're giving them credit for the Lopper, which Kramer gets at least partial credit for because he's really the only one that knows exists, and the more I think about it, maybe he is the Lopper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I yeah. give it a B plus. I think in terms of 
girlfriends. I think Lizzie is she doesn't have a lot of like defined character traits in this episode. Did she ever go on to be in anything else? No. Lizzie? Guess how many followers she has on Twitter? I just checked. Seven. Sixty. Oh, okay. Pretty close. Um uh what's it called? Uh she uh she's fine. I thought like uh, you know, she's a replacement level, maybe above that girlfriend. But I do like the Lopper stuff. I think the idea of a serial killer on the loose, something that we didn't really explore, other than you know, the only time we really had serial serial killer come up is when the guy had the name Dave Berkowitz. I'm gonna give this a B plus. What about you? I'll give it a B. I feel okay. like that Lizzie as a character was not very strong. Well, you so know. what's her name? I need, I need like, right. a better name. Lizzie, right. Lizzie. Right. So I feel like that, I, you know, the, the fight was funny, but I just feel like that she, they didn't really stick with her character trait that she was the sentence finisher. Right. I felt like that they, they were They didn't do something. that at all in that long scene. The sentence finisher, by the way, is a really, like, good bit. Yeah. But it's not, like, it's not iconic in the sense, like, we know about you know, man hands and, and things like that. And sense finisher should be right there. It's a great bit that doesn't, they didn't take it all the way to the end of the episode. Yeah. Okay. George and the Frogger. I mean, you have to give it an A plus, I think. It's one of the most iconic George storylines of the whole series. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. It has a great payoff. The side characters are one time, one hit wonders. They're amazing. Right. Down we to his season, green jacket. The thing is, if we had a 10th season, the green jacket's great. If we had a 10th season, we would have seen Slippery Pete five times, and they would have blown, <laughs> they would have, they would have, like, uh, you know, blown that character. Should Slippery yeah. Pete have come back for the finale? He could have been the spinoff guy. You know, he didn't really have any gripes against the core four. Yeah. Should Mario from Mario's Pizza have come back? Well, and said what? That they, like, closed the restaurant because they only ordered one slice? Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't think they had a lot of, a lot of complaints. <laughs> All right, uh, Elaine and uh, the Peterman cake. I think it's funny. I think it's a funny idea. I will say it's way too similar to the golf clubs thing, right? Yeah. Like uh, she ruins I've... the golf clubs. It's the same storyline. It's a better version of it, but they did that one first. Yeah, I'm trying to think of how that went, where that the golf clubs were in the car because Elaine had to go pick them yes. up. Yes, yeah, and then they get lost in the car. And I, To me, it's, it's a little bit derivative of themselves. I'm going to give it an A-. minus. It is funny, though. Yeah. I'll go with a B plus. That just the ending of it of uh, you know it really doesn't make any sense. Right, they could have hit it violently ill. Right, if we saw her like being sick in another room and then maybe having Peterman tell like the the cake appraiser like oh I'm not going to fire her this is punishment enough. Meanwhile, Mm -hmm. we see her like retching in in the bathroom. Yeah, would probably be funnier. And then Kramer could like rope off the area with the police tape. That's not bad. Do not go in there. If you saw the deleted scenes, then it's an even better joke. Yeah. Okay. And then Kramer, is he an incomplete? It's a is he an A-plus it's, it's for a being the Lopper? S- the Lopper stuff is funny. The, the uh, caution tape around the egg is really good. He doesn't have a lot. He's not in either of the two ta- final tags, so I'll give him an incomplete. Incomplete. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think that an incomplete is probably the only way to go here for Kramer. Mm-hmm. Our final letter grade yes. to give out. Yeah. What about the Lopper? Yeah. The, uh, what the, what letter the, grade for the Lopper. A+. Plus. A+. Plus. Love the name of that. Okay. I go the organizer. Okay. Episode ranking. Son of dad. Okay. Uh, yeah, let's. Uh, w- where did this land in your episode rankings? Now, I will say there are some devoted fans. So when we finished the finale, at least one person tweeted at me and said, oh, that means the Frogger is X. Wow. Yeah. Which means that's kind of crazy, right? Oh, no offense if you're here. I don't remember who did it. Okay. So All right. Does anyone know what the number was? Well, don't I get to guess? Yeah, you guess okay. first. Uh, I feel like you're very high on and this. And now episode. I kind of shame the person, so there's no way they're yeah. going to say it anyway. I'll say you have this at 36. Okay. You should know offhand what 36 was, though. 
I guess so. Yeah. Chester, do you remember what it was? Okay. Yeah, it was number 13. 13, wow. I believe the, the, With a bullet. The best episode, I be, the highest episode ranking, I think, of season nine. Wow, congratulations oh, to the Frogger. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's not even looking at his notes anymore. Put it away his phone. What, what did he say? The Betrayal was, was 12. It was right ahead. The Betrayal was 12. Okay. All right. So, do we have feedback questions from the audience that no, were emailed in, or we're just going to take them from the people here? People did email in, but, but they should have been here. Should have been here. <laughs> we did get a lot of emails, but sorry, here. Johnny D. Okay. So, I, I guess uh, let's, let's get the questions from you guys. If you want to just raise your hand and come up here. Uh, I feel like that that's probably the cleanest way to do this so we can get you with the, uh, with yeah. the microphone. Yeah, if we were like a more well-oiled machine, we would have had them like write them on paper and then like... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we, that, we, I mean I, we could move around too if somebody... If, uh, okay, we could stand up and do that. Yeah. I'll get some exercise. And we could do the rest of the podcast over there if we wanted to. We're really not on uh, camera or anything like that. All right, so uh, do we want to open this up? or, well, do, or Maybe nobody has any questions. If, if you guys don't have any questions, we can uh, go to the email also. I'm sure that uh, we got some of them emailed into us. All right, so why don't you check the emails? And in the meantime, does anybody have a question? All right, let's go back there first. <laughs> All right, yes. Does this, ca- this camera, does this uh, microphone travel? Yes, you're good. <laughs> Okay. You're good. Just make sure you get the question into the right, microphone. Remember, this is an audio show, so people are going to listen. So state your name first. Hey, I'm, I'm Nelson from Colorado. I'm in the... Hi, Nelson. <laughs> yeah. I'm in the fatwa, uh, fatwa seat, so I can see both... Wait, can I ask a question, Nelson? Sure. So you're from Colorado. You're wearing Denver Broncos, so I'm, my, my condolences. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm nervous to the answer here. Did you come from Denver for this? I did. But wow. You're, you're staying, but... But you're staying tomorrow night, right? Uh, I was there yesterday, actually. So I was, I went, Are you going to Rob's show tomorrow night? Who's Rob? <laughs> no, I think... Zing! No, no I'm not going oh, So you're not a survivor person? Oh, I, well, in and out. So. In and out. So you're not staying okay. tomorrow night? Okay. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> wow. We have so many questions. <laughs> Nelson, all right. Why don't you give us a question? We're going to ask you, like, 30. <laughs> Well, this is more like an observation of the top scores in the Frogger. Yes. It was like copy and paste, because three through five were high scores, and they copied and pasted them. So five through ten are like lower numbers. Like, I'll just notice, like... Okay. By, the way, by the way, with the, um, with the Frogger scores, they actually had a contest to beat George's 860, because that would have been the high score. Have people here seen the, the movie The King of Kong? So some of the one of the great documentaries of all time. So some of the I'm going to go back. Thank you, Nelson. Some of the some of the some of the people in there like they raised they they offered like a thousand dollars for whoever could beat um, the high score yeah. in King Kong, and it took until 2009, and then someone beat George's uh, George's 860, and I think it's only been beaten like three times ever. Wow. George's pretend Frogger score. Yeah. And I went online, there's like a lot of like dorks arguing about like, well, the Frogger in the, uh, in the episode it like has white lines and not red, so it doesn't count. Okay. Right, anybody else have a question before we get to the emails? All right. Okay, Jordan Kalish. Well, I was going to go over there, but fine. So obviously this, this episode focused a lot on uh, high scores in the Frogger game. I was wondering if either of you had any high scores in any game or set any records when you, were, when you were younger that you were proud of that have either been broken or not been broken to this oh, day. Twenty-four donuts in one. Twenty-four day. donuts. <laughs> what about you, Rob? Do you have any like uh, any? I think I did like twenty-seven podcasts in a week one time. You did. You did. Yeah. You did. Um, 
No, I, I mean I, that I, might nothing, be a record. Yeah, nothing I can think of off the top of my head as a kid. They're probably bad. No, some of our I records talk are, about. Some of yeah. our records are like bad records too. Yeah, like like what? No, I'm just saying like things we wouldn't be proud of. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, who, okay, we got we got uh, another question here. If you're wearing a Jets hat, you automatically get that. All right. Especially this season, Joey from Connecticut. Okay. Uh, I'm not a Frogger expert. My brother played, uh, when, you know, back in the 80s or whatever. But every time I watch this episode, I'm kind of frustrated because I'm pretty sure when George is trying to maneuver through the street that there is a moment there where he has a path to get over there and then he backs <laughs> out. Yeah. Am this I is right? Like Am I right? game film where it's like, uh, <laughs> you see this right there? The, the, the offensive line, they do, opened up do you know the what, hole. Do you know what the problem with the, the thing is? The sidewalk. Once he gets yes. the frogger, he needs a second person to push it up or else he's never going to get or up a anyway. Ramp. Right. It's a big problem. All right. Anybody else? Questions? Back there. Okay. Oh, I think I know who we got here. We got a, we got a long-time emailer. Yes. Millennial Max. Hey. Millennial Max. <laughs> All right. So on Thursday... I'm doing a presentation on Must-See TV, Thursday Night Must-See TV. What? Presentation for what? Like, your family? No, <laughs> for school. Oh, because you're a millennial. You're, like, still in... You're not even really a millennial. You're, like, the next... Uh, yeah, I, I might be technically Gen Z. Sick brag. Okay. I don't know. I'm 19. <laughs> um, no, I have to... I go to NYU, so I have to Ooh. do this presentation. Another brag. You're smart. Okay. Yeah. Eh. Um, so, would you rather do a complete rewatch of Union Square... Mad Men of the People or Veronica's Closet? We watch those. Hey, give us the... an episode count. Will you give us an episode like one count? Of them is like, one of them got canceled after like two weeks, Max. Oh, why would we with none of them? Uh, the, do you actually have to do that? I watched like, the pilot remote. Don't do that. What do they teach you in any what are they, Colleges have some crazy class. Now, you had a question, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm Mindy from Riverside Park. Whoa, okay. Uh, I was wondering if you think Entenmann's likes this product placement. Did they pay for this as an Entenmann's Was Entenmann's... I, I don't think that there was anything appreciably bad about Entenmann's Yeah, no, Entenmann's, like, didn't... wasn't, like, the sponsor of the Lopper. They just, you know... Right. Uh, so, I, and there's nothing that, like, Ent- like that Entenmann's was mistaken for a $29,000 piece of cake. Right. So, it's almost like... Ent- yeah. And, but and, and the means it's like, it's so good. You would think that somebody... You could pull off an Entenmann's shim sham on somebody. I do, I do think with... With you know the, the like the residuals of like the Entenmann's or the Snapple or whatever, yeah. I do think that's like millions. You know, you could get like Darren Rovell to like free like it's millions of dollars of, of like free advertising. Even the couple of mentions of Entenmann's, they're at the end of the aisle in the dairy case. Right, like right. The, I think even negative mentions probably ultimately, unless it's like really horrific, are, are probably a right. net win unless for your company. Unless it like changes the perception of the brand. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. In the okay. mind of the consumer. We got another question here. I think that's a Mets hat. Hey, it's uh, season nine emailer Jared Jerome. Yes. How you doing, guys? Nice to meet you. Uh, okay, so first of all, I think we're letting them get off the hook a little too much here with these completely season nine implausible scenarios here. Okay. Elaine is loving a 70-year-old cake. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she you, loved you... the 70-year-old guy at one point in the series. <laughs> Good one. Uh, and then... Uh... <laughs> Um, what was I going to say? Um, 
I'm cracking under pressure well, here. We'll edit this uh, out, Jared. Yes. <laughs> well, I just want to, well, for, there's, there's a few problems, but whatever. Oh, you, go, you mentioned the 10-year the ten anniversary of going to Mario's Pizza. They weren't in high school 10 years ago, okay. but they say I that. Mean, I, think, I think we but, can figure that out. I think that's Yeah, like you said they're having reunions at the pizza store. Yeah, that's that's likely. Reunion. That's likely. My, my, our 10-year reunion, my friend Andrew here could attest it was much sadder than the one at Mario's Pizza store. Five people showed up. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to know... I, I, I want to know if anyone recognizes Shlomo from an earlier Seinfeld episode. Shlomo was in an earlier Seinfeld episode. That's he right. was in the Jay Peterman right. tour. He got he was he was unhappy with the pizza pound cake. Yeah, I think we me- I think we mentioned that we would see him again when we yeah. when we did yeah, that yeah, episode. Yeah. Well, That's not a bad yeah. On the tour bus, yeah. one of the people. Okay. Uh, one more. Uh, well, okay. Why don't you give us an email one okay. first? Okay. Uh, uh, Jeff's not here, right? Jeff Peskin? No. Okay. Uh, that he wrote in uh, to talk about the drinks that everybody is having at Monk's and then at Mario's Pizza. He says that Shlomo is drinking a coffee, Kramer is drinking a milkshake, Slippery Pete is drinking a milk, and they're all drinking the same drinks. Shlomo's coffee ends up in a paper cup, Oh boy! but the other two are drinking I think I knew from... who wrote the yellow and white lines emails on the, also on the... <laughs> what looks like to be the same original glasses they were previously drinking from at Monk's. Oh boy. Did they steal those glasses from Monk's or does Mario's also serve milk and milkshakes? Now, is, was this, they needed to steal something? They needed something That's, hot? I like it. I do like something the theory. Something borrowed, something blue, yeah. that they needed to pull off this caper? I like the, yeah, I like they had to like have some sort of criminal activity. Yeah. Okay. All right, well, hold on. We got another one there. Yes. It's like the most exercise I've gotten since we started the podcast. Which <laughs> one? <laughs> Yeah, Keith is moving around exactly. the studio. <laughs> yeah, so uh, did they ever reveal what the L in GLC stands for? Lewis. 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 Yeah, it's in the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my dad's name, too. Fun fact. Fun fact. Oh, hold on. This is my not, boss. So hopefully she not that fun fact. Yeah. Um, it's actually not a question, but a comment that antique cakes are a thing. Whoa. And, yeah, and Queen Victoria's cake was auctioned off, but it was just powder. But more well-known is Princess Diana and Charles' 1981 wedding cake was auctioned off. And do people like, eat them or they just collect no, them? No, they just display them. It's like a thing. Yeah. Like people hunt out uh, like 40 grand, something. Wow. Wait, Dan, you got to speak into the mic. This is Dan the Benefactor. In like a freezer case, how do you display it? I don't know. We're, are we going to have like a conversation between the whole audience? Hold on. Let's do this while we're here. Okay, we got, we got Dan the Benefactor here. Dan, do you know off the top of your head? Uh, some people came in from out of town, but uh, Dan did something even crazier, which was he spent uh, for every... He emailed us after a few episodes, Rob. Well, I met Dan back in San Francisco back in the fall of 2015, mm. back when the Mets were good. Yes. And uh, we, t- we spoke We spoke, and uh, he said, uh, I'll never like this Daniel Murphy character, was one of the things mm-hmm. that he said. But I like also, his politics, but not his yes, baseball player, right. he said. And he said, the, the podcast got too short. Right. The podcast got too short. The first episodes, if you look back, they're all like 43 minutes, 47 minutes. And Rob, after everyone, would be like, all right, we could cut that down next time to 30. Yeah. He'd say to me every time. It's like, but then is- they, got, they got longer, and then I think at, at some point they got, they got shorter in Right, they started dipping towards an hour. 
So he came to you and, and said, and, yeah. the podcasts have gotten too short. They need to be longer, the well, Seinfeld podcast. We were in conversation. I said, I have a problem with the podcast. It's about the length. And you said, I know, I know. Everybody's <laughs> telling me they're too long. And I was like, no, no, no. Not they're long enough. They're too short. Too short. So I made, the, I said, I will donate to charity for every minute you have over 70 minutes. Yes. And then you said... was 60. Well, we got you. 70. Wow. <laughs> and you said the condition was if they were shorter than that, though, you had to take the money away from charity. Yes. It never happened once again after that. Not. And, you know, I was prepared for this, so I made the final donation today. And wow. And here you can see... The final... Do- yeah, that's the, that's the name of the wireless. The total tally. The total tally to the charity... Uh, what's the name of the charity? Okay, but it changed names. The charity changed names after I picked it. It's Jerry Seinfeld's wife's charity, and the amount of money Dan gave for nine seasons of minutes of podcasting is $2,452. Wow. Now, and that was just in the last two years, yeah, right? That, that was like from... Right, that, well, yeah, but we would take some back in the first, in the first few seasons. Why? Did you, did you go back and then the times that we were under 70 minutes? No, he didn't deduct- retroactively oh, give okay. us money. That's weird. Okay, no. Right, right. Well, I don't think so. There weren't that many short ones. Um, so, yeah, that we went to the human fund. Is that right? Yeah. By the way, I've never like gotten any any bill. Like, Dan, this could just be Dan looking for some glory. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Dan. Thank you very much. Outstanding work. All right. Should we should we do one more? Keep going. I mean, you, you keep going. You Anybody keep, else keep have a question? Okay. This is. Uh, I believe this is Christine. Yes. She once binged the show uh, in like three days, like all 100 episodes. No. <laughs> yes. Entenmann's cake or Pepperidge Farm cookies on curb? Yeah, okay. Entenmann's cake or Pepperidge Farm cookies. Uh, Keith, do you want to weigh in on this? I mean, yeah. there's so many different varieties. The, the Pepperidge Farm always bothered me. So you, it goes from like the top to the bottom. It's, it was not really made to be food. You know what I mean? It's like you open the pepperidge that, farm well, from the top. Maybe they took your idea of it. It's too hard to eat. You've got to stick your whole hand in the pepperidge farm. <laughs> you never know if there's one cookie left or four. Sometimes you go and it's like, oh, I finished them. They have like the two separate things. So I'm an Entenmann's guy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I do hate cake, but that's not cake. That's like uh, that's a cookie. All right. Let's go. Amir, you got something for us, right? Now we're going to the regulars here. Rob, okay. nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Amir. Uh, a few of the things I wrote in were covered, so I'm just going to go with this theory about Kramer being the lopper, which I love. Okay. Now, to his motivation, do you think he's thinking back to season four when he was arrested for being a serial killer, and now he's, like, teaching the man a lesson? Like, you thought I was capable of that. Now I've turned, and now I'm going to be he's what you flipped. thought I was. He's yeah. flipped. Yeah. yeah. They put the idea. Yeah, he, he definitely can't be accused that like they can't try him again for being a serial killer. Yeah, you yeah, get one double, shot. Double Jeopardy to rever- Revenge of the Jeopardy. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh. All right, we got a we got a special. Uh, is this the last one? Because this is how we normally end. Huna Alexander Chester with the uh, with the email. All right, so you guys covered most of my nitpicks about this episode. I, I just have three. So first of all, I like, I like Chester. Literally, is the only person here who has his own like computer with notes while he's talking. Like he's like glowing from the laptop. So what, like he's about to tell a scary story. Well, one of the things I did, I was very excited. The lights are broken. Akiva having completed his rankings. Uh, as everybody knows, I rank everything. So I had ranked all the episodes in accumulated rankings from Vanity Fair and Vulture, and a number of listeners who sent in Paul Elliott. Who's not here? I, I, by the way, Chester like sent me this info yesterday no, on not, GChat, yeah. and I said, "Yeah, this is not for the live show because it's too boring." <laughs> no, no, 
I'm not. So I was going to. I'm not doing it because we just literally, as we were recording, I got another listener sent me his list. So I'm bringing that in. So we have Jared Jerome, who I haven't met, but nice to meet you. He has a list in here of Paul Elliott, all these people. Anyway, somebody just sent me a list. So it's still in real time. It's being updated. Okay. All right. Here are my three comments on the episode. First of all, Jerry says to Elaine, it'll be too messy to date one of her friends. But he's dated at least two of her friends before. Mm-hmm. That's nitpick number one. Uh, nitpick, n- nitpick number two is... I, see, when, when we get the emails, I'm able to like, take yeah. the, you know, the wheat yeah. from the... I, I, I just literally saw somebody roll their eyes in person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to out the person who did it. <laughs> right, and then another question is, Elaine says she's hungry at four, so she goes to Peterman's office, right? Why doesn't she go to the kitchen where all the leftover cakes from all the cake parties are? Why would she have even thought I, I think to go if to... she's participating in the cake eating, that's like, you know, if she gets busted doing that, she's already been complaining about the cakes. Yeah, I don't but think why would right. she even think there's a cake in Peterman's office? But, yeah. Sometimes he has a truffle in there. <laughs> all right, are we good? Is that three points? I don't know. Is that three points? I don't know how we could end. I don't know if we could end any better than that, Chester. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Keith, I just really want to say also that I really liked your idea uh, that Entomans should consider going with Entowomens. Uh, that would be a good way to uh, move into the yeah, 21st century. It would be the wokest cake in town. <laughs> I was going to give a copy that Jennifer Cation Armstrong sent me of Seinfeldia, because they accidentally sent two, um, to the best question. Who has the best question and also wants this book? <laughs> Free book. Yeah, free book. After. We'll have a race. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, Nelson. Yeah, yeah Nelson travel gets a book. No question. Nelson. Oh, wait. What? Hold Look on. at this. Get we on, got, on, we got Chunkies. Chunkies for his Chunkies. Wow. We, we were going to set up like a table for... Um, like like uh, <laughs> pull and peel Twizzlers. Yeah. And the lady running this event was like, uh, yeah, it's a little like presumptuous to assume people are going to bring you stuff. But somebody would. But two people brought us things. Yeah. Yes. Oh, wait, what do you have, Christine? What What is that? An astronaut pen? <laughs> what 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 is it? Hold on. Ooh, look at Robert. What, what do we What do we have? By the way, this is here? probably great Util- for the people listening at home. Utilitarian tchotchke. A utilitarian tchotchke. Should we Should we open it? What What is it? I don't know what that is. It's a no soup for you uh, Christmas spoon. Yes. Oh, Hanukkah. She Hanukkah saying. spoon. Thank Han- you, a Hanukkah, a Hanukkah spoon. Thank you very much. Yeah. All right. So, what, what else we got, Rob? Yeah, what do we do? What do we do? Are we out of material? Is I, mean, that I, it? Think I mean, some I, would say we were out of material in November of 2015, but we kept going. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is there anything? Is there anything else you guys want to uh, want to get into while you're here? Or are you guys like, all right, let me add. You guys want to talk about like uh, politics or something for a few minutes? <laughs> Town hall meeting. Yeah. Yeah. No. Dan? Is oh, the that's meter right. Running? Is, no. The clock is running. Someone. Could you do a Pat Oswald filibuster and just keep the meter going? <laughs> So, yeah. yeah, when do we go back and revisit this, Keith? I, I think we need to take time. How about this? Yeah. I'm going to make you commit to it on air. Oh, at no. some point, not, not the whole thing, at some point in the next year, we have to, because we did the Curb podcast, you yeah. get sick of me, we'll take a break, we have to go back and do the five Seinfeld Curb episodes. The five Seinfeld Curb? do it in one Curb? episode. Okay. It's not even five full episodes. Okay. Because that, that's like canonical Seinfeld. I, 
Uh, I would be happy to do it. Let's schedule it, though, for, like, the Survivor off-season. Okay, sure. And then, the, like, next summer. Next do, summer. Yeah, do it, at a t- do it at a time when okay. uh, there's not a lot of other stuff going on. Right. That would be great. That would be perfect. All right, so don't delete the uh, Seinfeld feed from your, from your uh, <laughs> don't delete iTunes. Don't delete it, yeah. Any curb questions? Anything with the no, ongoing? I, I think, I, I don't know. I think we're good. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, what- oh, we got one more thing to say, I think. What is it? After 180 episodes, am I the George or the Kramer? You started the first yeah. episode by oh, wondering Oh, you're definitely that. not a Kramer. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Is, I, am that, I the Elaine? Elaine, 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 Elaine? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I would say uh, that definitely you have proven over time to be the George. That, you mean that as a compliment, but I feel like that's deeply insulting. <laughs> I mean, that you're not like a wacky guy who's like running around like... No, I did run around tonight, though. You did good. run around tonight. <laughs> so that, wow. was, that was good. Are you the oh, Newman? Amir. Yeah. That's not nice. Okay. All right. Well, uh, thanks so much again to Scott St. Pierre, who edited. So, who, yeah. While, on the one hand, Dan the Benefactor donated money to a good cause yeah. for every minute we went over an hour and ten minutes, uh, Scott St. Pierre uh, gnashed his teeth as, yeah. every, as the By podcast like, uh, droned on and on what, and on. Bigger week, you know, huge week for the St. Pierre's. This is true. His cousin, George, Georges, won the UFC title. On Saturday night, and even better, he doesn't have to do this editing anymore after this. Episode. What a week! What a week! Thank you guys so much for listening to all this nonsense coming out here. This was fantastic. Uh, really fun to get to do this in person. Can't wait to play with my new pet that I got today in the draft. <laughs> yeah, fun to put some uh, faces to names. Also, come say hi afterwards. Okay, and is there anything else? I think we're good. That's uh, this was a fun run. Okay. Uh, that's what's that? Hashtag. Hashtag. Oh yeah. What's oh, that? Let's get some suggestions from the audience. Right, I haven't hashtag, written anything down. We got one back this. there. Hashtag who's Rob? Hashtag who's Rob? <laughs> okay. I like that one. Uh, what is it? Oh, dirty Mac. Well, like we don't want to start any podcast fights. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, don't want Dirty Max. Yeah. Kramer the Lopper. Okay. Enter Women's after. Enter Women's is yeah. good. That's good. Not going to beat that. Okay. Enter Women's. And we should get some, uh, you know, they, they should, like. Uh, we'll pitch it to them. We yeah, have we'll, some free time. We'll go in there. <laughs> okay. Picture it. Enter Women's. I, do, I like the tagline, like the wokest cake in 2017. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. Not going to okay. beat that. We may as well just All right. walk off on a high note. Thank you, guys. Thank so you, everyone. This is- Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Wow, what a show, Keeve. What a show. Yeah, I will never listen back to that. More so than I'll, you know, I, I famously never listen to any of my podcasts. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the live show in particular. Let me ask you, do you do this? Do you ever do a show, maybe an important show, and, and afterwards, like, every 20 minutes, think of something else you should have said that would have been funny and sort of kick yourself? <sighs> yeah, that, that'll happen from time to time. When I started the show, I used to do that. Then, like, we did so many of these. You know, I, I stopped dwelling on it, you know, after a while. And maybe if I go on your uh, main podcast, which has a lot more listeners, once in a while now, I'll think, definitely when I first started going on your main show, but like, I'll, I'll think of something, oh man, I meant to say that, or that would have been really funny. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't really eat at me. But the live show, there was, a, there was definitely a few things that uh, I wish we would have got to. But once those bright lights turn on, or in our case, like the, the dark house lights, don't go on anymore.
um, it's hard to really remember everything. Like yeah. I had my notes for episode in front of me, but it's hard to get to everything. You don't know how it's going to go. Yeah. Well, I got the sense from you that you wanted to wrap up the show. Like I was really getting like the sort of like a uh, like, uh, wrap it up signal from you. Well, I, I think like the, the truth is we normally do pod, you know, we've there are plenty of times we've gone close to two hours. I think sitting in person, a lot of people said to me afterwards, you know, it's a lot different because normally I'm like doing the dishes or I'm driving while I listen to you guys. I do think I don't think people were really oh, getting were restless, but I I don't think they were bored. I think they were about to be like, I think we were five minutes away from maybe like an, the hour and a half part, you know, point for like a, you know, a no intermission live show. I feel like people's would have started having restless legs. So you feel like that you had a, uh, a good feel. Uh, you weren't going to grady little this thing. Well, I, I mean, I didn't. By the way, I didn't stop because I thought it was getting boring. I stopped because we had nothing left to say. Yeah. Like we literally finished the show. I also think not to throw shade at the audience, but like when we do audience questions every week, when we do a mailbag, even our regulars who are in every week, the Johnny DeSilveras and the Amirs, they send in five questions and we use like two of them, you know? Yeah. So it's hard to... It's hard to real like, you know, everyone asked one question, but especially on the fly, like there, everyone there is also nervous who's asking question because they're doing it in front of a live audience, which I'm sure they never do either. So it's probably nerve wracking for them. So I think the question portion maybe, you know, maybe could have gone better. I don't know if the answer in the future is like to suss out the questions beforehand and have people sort of write them in and then call on them. But, uh, you know. Maybe, maybe like the audience didn't bring their A game on that day. Yeah. And no offense, guys. An interesting <laughs> postscript to the live show that you guys covered on the 32 Fans podcast that when uh, Chester got to ask his question, we talked about how he had the laptop in front of him. Uh, we found out that he was actually doing something other than giving his undivided attention to the Seinfeld recap. Yeah. Real disappointment because he was with us, you know, Chester, Amir, Johnny. Craig from Vancouver, those four guys really with us from day one. You know, we couldn't have, couldn't have done it without them. It would have been like sad not to have a mailbag when it was just those four. Eventually, it became a lot more people. But like they really carried us. And for Chester, just like punt the live show was depressing. But he had something much more important going on. Mm-hmm. What was that? I mean, he made a four way fantasy football trade. <laughs> and, uh, people came in. Michael Clark, who I don't think had ever met Chester in person before. Um, said he met Chester and it was like it was it, he said it was like cartoon Chester. He met Chester and Chester said, hey, I'm Chester. I just made a four way fantasy football trade. Like that's how he introduced himself. Yeah. Legendary intro from Chester. Yeah, And he was he was like glowing like the room, as we said, was really dark. But Chester had a laptop in front of his face. And I thought he was like he had notes in front of him. Right. But then Amir asks his question, hands Chester the mic and Chester just totally tanks. <laughs> 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 and there was that wasn't a joke uh, about the eye roll, the eye roll from hell. <laughs> that oh yeah, no, K- Kaya sent him back to uh, the Stone Age with that eye roll. <laughs> That's like twenty years of watching reality TV and like documentary shows where you like you, you know to like look at the camera and like make that contact. Okay, so um, you said that you had some things that you forgot to get to in the finale. So I had a few ideas that I, I really came in with no notes other than what I normally have. Which is, you know, I've never planned like a bit or a joke, maybe once or twice in 180 episodes. I had a couple ideas that sort of I, I discarded in the few weeks beforehand. One of them, which someone talked me out of, was you were wearing a Vandalay Industries shirt and I was not wearing a Seinfeld shirt, which in hindsight I should have. I didn't even think about it. Mm-hmm. Other than a few weeks before the show, I said, would it be funny if I printed up the following shirt? And so the shirt was, it's a Seinfeld logo on the front of the T-shirt. But instead of Seinfeld, it says fun facts. 
Mm-hmm. And then the back of the T-shirt says, Len Lesser slash Uncle Leo, December 3rd, 1922 to February 16th, 2011. <laughs> and like Barney Martin, <laughs> Mr. Seinfeld, March 3rd, 1923, March 21st, 2005. Ian Abercrombie, Mr. Pitt, September 11th, 1934, January 26th, 2012. And Ruthie Cohn, January 28th, 1930, August 23rd, 2008. Mm-hmm. What do you think if I had worn that T-shirt? Would, would it have gotten a laugh? Would you have appreciated it? Would it have been tasteless? Um I think it would have been tricky because I think then people would have had to have seen your shirt from the back as well. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I think it would look maybe a little uh, too cute. And Would you have laughed, though? Because you would have seen it sitting next to me. Yeah. I, I would have been impressed at the dedication it would have taken yeah. to make it happen. Yeah. I, I was really going to do it. And someone said, just say at the show what you would have done. But uh, I forgot to even do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. What else? Oh, so we also I, – I did think of one bit which we tried, which I think, you know, if we had maybe more of a, uh, you know, a luck with the tech would have worked a little better. But the idea for the bit that you heard was basically we were going to call three listeners who said they were going to come or are hoping to come but didn't come. So the first one, we spoke to Louise. And, you know, I think, like, you do that one quickly. Say, like, how come you didn't come from Australia? Then we were going to call Lindsay from, from Canada, mm-hmm. you know, staying on the farm in Canada. She couldn't come. By the way – no, zero. Other than Andrew, who run, who you know was helping run the event, nobody from Canada came. Where these Canadians? You give no them a live Canadians? show. Canadians. for your whole for the whole you know your bigger show the next night. I did not see a lot of Canadians. Hmm. Yeah, because we but the Seinfeld them. show had we zero. We I mean, Sean Falco in the spring. You went to Toronto, and you know what? Now they don't come anymore. They think, "Ooh, Rob's going to come to us." Yeah. I say, cancel the Toronto trip. Say we want a hundred Torontonians to come to uh, the next New York Nodals before you guys get your own show. Yeah. Because our listeners are like, think about it. They're like half Canadian. Yeah. Lindsay and Johnny and Craig, all these people, they're all Canadians. Complacency. No they did get complacent. They got their own. They, they're too cool for school now that they have their own Rob live shows. Mm-hmm. So I was going to yell at Lindsay about that. And then I was going to denounce my one quarter Canadian citizenship because none of them came. <laughs> yeah. And then. So, but I think we scrapped the bit. You smartly scrapped that bit after after it was hard to hear Louise. Right. I um, felt like that I didn't know how much uh, the audience really had attention span wise for uh, multiple phone calls. I agree. No, I, you definitely made the right call. But I, I think if, you know, maybe, uh, you know, if we had 100% confidence in the technology, I think the Lindsay thing would have been funny. Then I thought of something after. My original bit was my oldest friend, Andrew. Uh, told me he wasn't going to come, so I was going to call him and break up with him. I thought that would be funny, <laughs> like my oldest friend. But then he decided to come, so I thought, what would, it, would it be funny if we called another listener, Amanda Rabinowitz, who's like a psychologist who like canceled, I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a, a day or two before, and asked her like, what's wrong with us to like analyze us <laughs> since she's a psychologist, <laughs> right? Right. Like All after listening to us for 180 ideas. episodes, like we should have done that now. All those would be good ideas yes. for for this, but I think for the live yeah. show, I think that that's you know. Oh no, I agree. I agree. It's call. I think too ambitious. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And so sp- another thing I had speaking of Andrew, so my oldest friend Andrew, I was going through the crowd, and I I saw my friend Andrew, and then my other friend Andrew, who never wrote in, but is a is a loyal listener. Brought a new girlfriend to the show. Whoa. And I was going to say to you, I, like, I thought of this, and then I was about to say it to you, and I looked around, and I didn't see him. And he told me afterwards he showed up, like, five minutes late. This was the first thing we we discussed when we were, like, shouting out who was there. But I was going to say to you, um, you know, Andrew brought a new girlfriend. We were going to discuss maybe, like, if the Seinfeld show was more of a place where you bring a girlfriend 
if you're planning on breaking up with her <laughs> rather than right i feel like this is like sorry it's over yeah when you bring Although if he does to the live podcast yeah. taping and maybe and like, not even she's this never podcast. listened to the podcast any podcast never listened to the podcast yeah probably never watched seinfeld before i think she said she hadn't but he made her watch the frogger earlier that day mm-hmm. um I, but if he does marry her, then I feel like we have an interesting relationship because, like, the first time she ever met me, I was performing on stage. She probably has this, like, in, incorrect impression of me that I'm, like, some big, uh, you know, I'm somebody. Yeah. Okay. Well, Although it's bad, for, it's bad for my friend that she came over to me afterwards and said, wow, you look and, and sound exactly like my boyfriend. So if she thinks that I look like her boyfriend, then uh, my friend Andrew's in trouble. <laughs> Okay, so it may not be a uh, long-lasting relationship, is what you're saying. Yeah, it's probably over by now. I haven't asked him. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right, uh, Keith. Is there anything else that you have yeah in this? Uh, one, sh- one more thing that I, that I thought of just now. We got an email like a month ago from a listener saying I work at Fox News. Yes. And I'm planning on you know coming. Yeah. This is a person who wrote in a bunch of times, and I I, I want to cover the show. For Fox News. Yes. Like, I want to write an article and, for the yeah, website. Interview us. Interview us. You know, we'd never met, even though I didn't correct him, but we had, we had in fact, met before the show. Um, but he said, like, you know, it would be a cool thing. It's, you know, the show is so old and, and the fact that people are still doing this. And uh, Fox News uh, canceled on us. Never heard from him again. <laughs> I don't even know if he was there. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the story didn't get picked up. Maybe that uh, he wanted to do the story and then uh, it just got the kibosh put on it. Is it possible that that he pitched it and they're like, nah, there's nobody like actually going to like a Seinfeld podcast in 2017. This is fake news. We're not covering it. (laughs) Yeah, that is entirely possible. Somebody thought better of it. (laughs) So uh, we uh, really had uh, very little news reported on uh, the Seinfeld uh, recap. Yeah, no, uh, you know, the mainstream media, (laughs) the mainstream media really ignored us. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I feel like you could have gotten an article picking up about the, uh, uh, you know, the live show that had, you know, in the 750 seat venue. I feel like that might have been interesting. I, could you imagine? So if people don't listen, Rob did a, did a show the next night about uh, Survivor in a much larger venue. And we were waiting online outside. I assume you got to walk straight in. We're waiting online outside and people were like coming over like, hey, why is there a line of like 300 people? Like, is there a new Star Wars out? Like, yes. what are you guys waiting for? And you could only imagine the reactions of, of the New Yorkers like, oh, like you're watching a television show that I didn't know was still on in a movie theater. And then like in that same theater, you're listening to a podcast about it, like and then like backing away slowly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, just <laughs> think of the people that were going into that warehouse in Chelsea for the Seinfeld podcast. They said, hey, uh, this is just a warehouse where we go to murder people. What's going on? Why are there so many people here tonight? <laughs> That's right. The Chelsea Murderplex. <laughs> All right. Kiva, any other final thoughts? I, th- I think that's it. I mean, it's sad because this is this is the la- but one thing you know we forgot to explain because a couple people asked me afterwards and we got a couple emails also like from people who maybe were brought by their significant other or didn't listen you know maybe weren't totally up to date with the podcast like we should have explained like this is not the actual finale of Seinfeld this is like a random episode we skipped I don't think we ever mentioned that during the show yeah I, I thought we got to that I thought we got we yeah we probably did but a couple people asked me afterwards they probably missed it um no I I, I did have a great time I, did you enjoy the show. Yeah, I thought that was a lot of fun. I thought it was a really fun crowd. and uh, Yeah, great every, group. Great group. The people who were there 
really wanted to be there. Right. Or else they wouldn't have come. It was like the perfect room. <laughs> Everything was good from a technical perspective. So I, I was very happy with how that show uh, turned out. And you did, uh, you know, make the big announcement that we will go and talk about the, what is it, five Seinfeld episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm? Yeah, well, we could do one. We could do one podcast, but but it's uh, part. It's parts of five episodes. I don't think you have to watch five full Curb episodes. Okay. All right. Well, we'll figure out the uh, details. Does that go yeah. in the we Curb got a, we got a feed or the Seinfeld feed? I think the Seinfeld feed, or at least at least definitely the Seinfeld feed, but we could do both. We could do both. Okay, boy. Uh, exciting stuff for 2018. Yeah, at some point in 2018, hopefully that will happen. Okay. Will Chester make a five-way trade in 2018? I mean, I, I, the four-way trade, I, like, there, there's a little bit of an asterisk because, like, the fourth team was kind of just put in there just so he could say he made a four-way trade. Yeah. Like, he traded, like, one guy who should be on the waiver wire yeah, for no, another I, I guy who should be on the waiver wire. fans, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a little bit shady <laughs> on Chester's part. And, by the way, Chester got, like, there were six good players in the trade, and Chester got five of them. So the, the trade was insane. Yeah. Does that ho- happen in, like, uh, orgy groups where it's, like, uh, it's like that – that there was going to be like a three-way, but they wanted to brag about a four-way, so they invite some person who <laughs> nobody there would have sex with under normal circumstances mm, just to be so able just to say it was a four-way. Yeah. I like, mean, does that I, happen like asking, on the back end of orgies where they really just want you're to add, like, After 180 episodes of this, like I feel like you know I'm probably not the right person <laughs> to ask, but maybe. <laughs> And we know an orgy correspondent never came through for us. Never came through. Although I will like now we're going to get like 20, you know, like 20 nominations for the orgy correspondent. We have to do another episode. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I also think if you ever like watch like some like documentary, something on on HBO, like I don't think that it looks are a big part of these things. Documentary on HBO. Come on. (laughs) They used to have these when you're when you're like, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think it's like 12 supermodels there. I think it's (laughs) the people who are into these sort of like swing things or. You know, they're like old, gross guys. <laughs> like, I don't think like looks are like if you want to come, you can just like well, show up. All right. Yeah, that's their slogan <laughs> on that. <no. laughs> all right. Uh, thank you guys uh, so much to listening to all this nonsense, especially everybody who came out to see us in person. Thanks so much to uh, Scott St. Pierre, who is uh, was the unsung hero of all of these episodes. Keith, anything else? Um, no, I think it was, it was cool to really enthusiasm podcast. Listen to the curb podcast. We got three episodes left. Um, it was cool to meet like Sean Falconer, Dan, the benefactor, people we hadn't met before, like people who flew in, uh, Nelson, as you heard on the podcast, flew in from, uh, from, uh, Colorado. Shout out to him. Mm -hmm. Like it was cool to like be in the room with a lot of these people we'd never met before. It's a, you know, a little bit of a different group than your normal uh, survivor crowd. All right. Well, good stuff. Thanks so much for listening. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. We're back one more time that there was something that Akiva forgot that was from the stuff we forgot uh, epilogue. Keith, what did you forget to say in the last part? Are you being facetious? Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there are a couple things I thought. <laughs> you got anything? Uh, listen, I wanted to, I wanted to uh, you know, say sh- shout out the Almondingers who uh, <laughs> it was really their idea for the whole show. And mm-hmm. then... Uh, 
and then they their plane was canceled. They didn't get to come, but they were they came in just really for the Seinfeld thing. I felt bad. Yeah, uh, we saw them then uh, the rest of the night, but they were uh, lovely people awaiting uh, the podcast. I hope it lived up to all their expectations. All right, take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. <laughs> 